Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris, and you can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time for our early look at next week's lines, and with me to break it all down is Chris Gemino, Director of Premium Content over at Roto-Grinders. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Gemino. That's G-I-M-I-N-O. Chris, thanks a lot for coming on the show today. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. I've got Minshew Mania and live bet the Jaguars right at the end of that Denver game last week. So uh, ended up making a little bit of a what was a pretty pretty bad week otherwise. So I'm, I'm ready to talk football. I'm a little encouraged to hear that you had a bad week because I had a terrible week and I had been going on a really good run. And I'm hearing this, frankly, from a lot of people. This week was just brutal, man. I mean, you know, I, I didn't I tried to stay away from the public whenever I could, but I, I found myself going with, you know, a lot of the, the favorites that were getting a lot of the numbers of bets backing in. It was just a, a brutal week for me. So I'm glad other than you managed to salvage a little bit with the Jaguars uh, Broncos game. I'm glad to hear that it was also a tough week for you because it really, I got my butt kicked. I'm not going to lie about it, but hopefully we can turn around here. Now, I want to say off the bat how excited I am not to have to deal with the line on whatever game the Dolphins usually play because they're on a bye. Because I think we're basically in historic territory here with the Finns, and I never know how to properly analyze a line with them. Are you with me there, by the way, that they've basically broken the NFL sports betting framework or what? No, I'm not. I think that their draw of opponents has just been brutal to start the season. I think that we're talking about some really good teams that they've seen so far. Now, I do think they're bad. I do. I don't think they're historically bad, but they're definitely near the bottom. I mean, I, I, I look at this this team over, and I don't see a lot of redeeming qualities. But I, I don't know if I'm necessarily in agreement that this is some sort of historically bad team, or at least not the very worst team we've seen. I mean, we, you know, back in the day, there were some pretty bad Saints teams and stuff. So I, I don't know. If this is the worst one ever. I think that's fair. I, to me, I don't know, man. When I'm looking at them, I, I'm wondering where they're going to rank historically in terrible teams. And regardless, the bottom line is that every single week I see value in the line, um, and I can't bring myself to pull the trigger on it, which has been good. Um, but I, I don't know how high the lines need to get for me to feel comfortable with them. But regardless, today you and I are going to go through each game. Now, we're going to be using the consensus odds over at bettingpros.com. That's an aggregation of the odds that are available on the market. As always, there are going to be differences at the various sports books. So shop around for the best odds. Also, if you want to see how some of the top sports betting experts are leaning on any given bet at any given time, bettingpros.com is going to show you that too. All right, Chris, let's dive right in here with the Rams at the Seahawks on Thursday night. Now, this line, as far as I can tell, has bounced around a ton. I think the early look had the Rams favored by at least a couple of points. I checked last night, and the Rams were favored by one, but now the Seahawks are favored by one, and the over-under is 49. Do you have any major reaction to that line? Yeah, this might be one of my favorite spots that I've looked at so far early in the week. I just think that the Rams are going to be undervalued at this point after the performance they had last week against Janus Winston. You know, the, the defense definitely let them down. Marcus Peters got shredded uh, for a long touchdown uh, by Mike Evans. You know, there there was just a lot of breakdowns and some turnovers that really made this team look pretty bad. I think that's probably what we're seeing here as the line fluctuates back and forth. But at the end of the day, if we're going to give the Seahawks favorite status here, then I'm definitely going to take the Rams on the money line straight up. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, look, when you're moving from minus one from the Rams to minus one from the Seahawks, it doesn't really 
do anything. You know, it's a, it's kind of a meaningless move when you're looking at the spread. But I, I do think that this is an overreaction to yesterday's game. I don't know what that was. I mean, it, it was shocking, basically, how bad the Rams defense was ripped apart by Jameis Winston. But really, in the other end, I mean, maybe people are reading a bit too much into it from the Seahawks side of it as well. They have a pretty convincing win over an admittedly bad Arizona team. I think the difference is that realistically, the Seahawks have not looked very good and they didn't even look great yesterday against Arizona. They did get the defensive touchdown where Clowney made the great play on the screen. But, you know, other than that, you know, I think they put up 27 points. So I think they put up 20 overall, not an overly impressive showing. So I'm inclined to agree with you. The total doesn't jump out at me. But for me, I'm definitely seeing value on the Rams here at the early number. And I'm, I don't know which way it's going to go because it really has bounced back and forth pretty quickly. Of course, the Thursday night game, there's not much uh, more time for it to go. But either way, I agree with you. I certainly see value on the Rams. Let's move on to the Bills at the Titans. The Titans here are laying two and a half, and the over-under is at a pretty low 38 and a half. Obviously, there's a question mark right now around Josh Allen, who remains in the concussion protocol. You've got two strong defenses, and I, to be fair, I undersold the Bills defense completely. I thought the Pats were going to go up there and be able to, to cover that spread of seven. They really could have lost that game pretty easily, but what's your reaction here? Titans laying two and a half, over-under at 38 and a half. Yeah, I liked the Titans last week because I didn't think the type of offense that Atlanta was bringing to the table, you know, if you know, presuming that they could find a way to take the deep ball away from Julio and Ridley, then I thought that the Titans defense was going to be a good matchup for the Falcons. And I liked the Titans last week. I don't think the same is true at all for Buffalo if Josh Allen's back, right? I do think that, you know, John Brown basically is a specialist in the deep ball. And, you know, Malcolm Butler is just completely capable of being torched in any, in any spot. I don't want to get too, you know, bogged down on rating a team based on one offensive matchup. I do really think that the biggest advantage for this game of any side is going to be the Bills defense against this Titans offense. You know, the Falcons defense was missing a ton of characters last week. They were able to get shredded uh, and and give up, you know, get some big plays against that Atlanta defense. I do not think that will be the case against Buffalo. Buffalo specializes in preventing such big plays. So at the end of the day, I do think Buffalo is at the advantage here and I like them in this spot. Out of curiosity, does the fact that Allen is in the concussion protocol, what do you do with that as a, as a better? Do you just wait and hold on? Do you try to get in on it now and hope for the best? Or how do you approach that? Well, I think I want to watch that game one more time because Matt Barkley, to me, looked way more competent than I ever saw him or thought of him before. And I think the same was true in the preseason when I saw Barkley operate this offense. So I really want to you know, get a good look at how that offense looks with him. There could be some value here is what I'm saying. is If, if the public doesn't think he's you know, ready for, for prime time, ready to step in there and do the job. I really think the Bills would win this game on defense anyway. So as long as he's able to manage the game, I would still not be shying away from Buffalo just purely on the presence of Matt Barkley. I don't, I don't think Josh Allen's that great of a quarterback either. So I don't I don't know if the jump is as big as people would expect from Barkley to Allen. Maybe that's a hot take, but that's just how I feel. <laughs> no, I mean, look, from a fantasy perspective, you and I both do fantasy work, of course. Allen is great because he provides, you know, value with his rushing ability, but he is one of the least accurate passers in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. And when Barkley stepped in, yeah, he looked better overall than Allen did really in that game. He moved the ball relatively well, um, considering he was thrown into the Lions then there against the Pats. But I agree. I don't expect it to have too much. Uh, of an impact on the spread here even though quarterbacks can Barkley again with how he looked you mentioned the preseason as well and he looked fine against New England I'm not sure it would have that big of an impact let's move on here to the Falcons at the Texans the Texans here are laying four and a half and the over under is 49 two teams coming off really bad losses the Falcons look kind of in disarray the defense is really compromised without Keanu Neal in there how you feeling about this one Texans laying four and a half at home over under 49 
Yeah, I mean, the total is definitely the thing I'd be looking at first here. I mean, I'm not so sure that I think the Falcons are that good of a team. They're one and three, and they're just really, really brutal on defense, and the Texans' offense is probably capable of getting their share of the points in this game. The question is whether the Falcons can put up the points on the Texans, and that's why I'd be looking at the total. Uh, it's a pretty good line at 49. I'm not excited to get the over on this, but I think if I was leaning at anything right now, it would be, you know, can the, the Falcons get the job done against this Texans defense? And then then I would be interested, of course, in the over. Yeah, I mean, the Texans have been a little disappointing on offense, at least to me. I mean, I know you know the problems with the offensive line. Uh, Watson's holding the ball for way too long. So they aren't putting up the points. And, you know, they've, they've played some tough defenses here. They played the Jaguars, of course, where they weren't able to do much. They played the Panthers. And the Panthers have a solid defense mostly against the pass, less against the run, which is sort of, you know, really goes against what the Texans can do. They don't run the ball that well um, with Hyde and Duke Johnson. It's fine, but it's not their strength over here. Yeah, I didn't have a strong lean when I first looked at this game. I mean, 49, it's it's around kind of where I expected it to be, and the 4.5 is fine. But really, I, I'm wondering whether the Falcons here are going to uh, kind of start really, really tailing off because I, I think they, they just cannot get it going. Yesterday, they, you know, barely anything to Julio Jones. Ridley has basically been phased out at this point. Austin Hooper is having a great year, but they're really not going to be able to sustain um, an offensive philosophy, dumping the ball off to Devonta Freeman constantly and going through Austin Hooper. So for me, I'm not quite as confident in this. I really want to go back and watch yesterday's game, but it's something where I, I don't have a strong lean on it as of yet, but it has not moved as far as I could tell from the look ahead line. So I think this is probably in the end, Four and a half and over under 49 is basically around where it's going to get up, give or take half a point. Let's move on here to a divisional matchup. Ravens at the Steelers. The Ravens are currently minus four and the over under is at 42 and a half. Now we are recording this before the Monday night game. So obviously if there are any significant developments on the Steelers side of the ball, the line could move. Two teams who know each other really well. They always battle out close. How are you feeling about this one? Ravens minus four at Pittsburgh. Yeah, the Pittsburgh defense is a pretty good unit. But I still think that if we're talking about, you know, just a four-point favorite for the Ravens, I think that overall they're still a much better team. If their defensive health improves at all, I would really like them in this spot at minus four. Uh, I certainly don't think that Pittsburgh under Mason Rudolph's command is necessarily, a, you know, a strong team to be betting right now. I don't know what they are yet. I don't really have a strong take on whether or not they can cover a spread versus a team like the Ravens. But I, I think the Ravens underperformed this week, and I think that, they might have otherwise been bigger favorites here. So minus four is something I would possibly be looking at here. I'm really surprised that the spread isn't higher. I mean, I, you know, because it's not as if it came down when the Ravens just got their butts kicked by the Browns. I mean, it, it was kind of, I think the look at line was relatively where it was. I think if anything, it leaned a little bit closer towards the Ravens here. For me, I don't know. It, my, my initial gut on this is that there's going to be money that comes in on the Ravens that's going to push it a little bit higher. And the over-under neither one of these teams has a defense that is particularly good at this point. I mean, the Ravens, as you mentioned, are banged up, but you knew coming in that their defense was not going to be as strong as it has been in previous years. And I think that's showing itself to be true right now. Now, whether or not the Steelers are able to move the ball against them is a whole nother question, but that's more about the Steelers offense. I think Mason Rudolph, who has not looked good, will get better as he gets more comfortable playing in the NFL. But for me, both the numbers stood out to me at the Ravens laying four seemed light. And I felt like the over-under at 42.5 also seemed light. Out of curiosity, do you have any feel on that over-under? Is that about right where you think it should be? 
I mean, that's, that's about right. Like I said, the de- the defense for the Steelers is a pretty good unit, so I, I would not be expecting a ton of scoring in this game. That seems right to me. You know, I, it's worth noting that, like, this is going to be a very public side. It looks like tons of money rolling in on the Ravens already as a percentage and, and, and the number of bets as well. So I'm just... Do you draw conclusions from that out of curiosity this early on in the week? Because I... No, I'm... not really. I mean, I'm just pointing out that that's the trend already, is, is that the public side is probably going to end up being... The Ravens side, unless this line moves significantly, and uh, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't love just like completely getting a lot of money in on, on bets that are just like purely public that the books are are knowing that they're going to need for for their particular week. I mean, at the end of the day, that's just it. Do, it doesn't seem like good process, right? To be that that far against the book. I mean, the Absolutely. book definitely knows what they're getting into here. Absolutely, I, numbers like this scare me a little bit when I have a very strong feeling on it because. I feel like exactly as you said, this strikes me as a number that I think that John Q. Public is going to look at. And maybe the books are banking on the fact that the Ravens look so terrible against the Browns that they're not going to get all that much money. I I don't really think that's necessarily going to be the case. I think a team like the Ravens, given how they performed early on and they lost a close game to the Chiefs, I think the public is still going to be on them. So when I see these numbers, they strike me as it's likely that the number of bets and, you know, well, we'll see about the money because that's more about the sharp betters, but the number of bets is going to be strong in favor of the Ravens, which makes me a little worried because that's how I initially lean and you really don't lose money when you fade the public. So it is something that I think this line is certainly capable of moving depending on how the money comes in. Let's move on here to the Patriots at the Redskins. The Patriots are currently laying 15 and a half. Now this was 14 and a half when I checked yesterday. Um, the over under is 44 and a half. Last I saw Jay Gruden decline to name a starter. Um, if he does name Haskins, I would assume the spread uh, would probably jump in favor of the Patriots by maybe a point or something like that, even though Case Keenum did not look all that good. So Patriots on the road here at the Redskins laying 15 and a half with a total of 44 and a half. How do you feel about that? Uh, do you think the Patriots will score 44 points or 45 <laughs> points? Because I just have no confidence whatsoever in the Washington offense in this spot. Just, just give me the under here until... I can convince myself the Patriots are going to score more than whatever the whatever the total is because I I really think a shutout is is well within the range of outcomes here for Washington. That won't happen, but I mean, will they score ten points? I, I would not I would not bet the over on ten. I don't think. I really think that this defense is very good and the Washington offense is very bad. Yeah, don't sell it short. A shutout could legitimately happen here. I mean, especially if it's Haskins throwing the ball. I mean, look, they they were. They they allowed their first uh, you know offensive touchdown uh, against the Bills, but they they held them in check entirely. They faced a, a run of of really bad opponents, Steelers perhaps being the exception in opening week. But that defense is one hundred percent legitimate. So I, I mean, honestly, out of curiosity, if you are analyzing the game that way, which I think it's a hundred percent correct. What what's wrong with the Pats laying 15 and a half? I mean, the Pats are going to score, you know, they, they had a tough Bills team and they scored 16 and they looked terrible. I mean, don't you think they're going to probably wind up coming up, putting up above 20, above, you know, 24 or something like that here? Boy, you know, I just don't, I don't like to get involved with Patriots. I don't know what it is about these Patriots lines when you're talking about, like, because in theory, when you see fit, an NFL team getting two touchdowns you're not supposed to like that I don't think that's what I was saying with the Dolphins where I I don't I never like it and so I'm always like man there's value here in the Dolphins and that's why I meant like I cannot take them I look Washington they're not anywhere close to that at this point but if they throw Haskins into there and you know the problem was uh, Jay Gruden I think did this correctly okay he did not throw Haskins 
into that Monday night game against the Bears, right? Because he would have gotten absolutely destroyed. Keenum was terrible in this game against the Giants. The Giants had a terrible defense. They threw him out there. They're like, okay, this is it. It's a weak defense. And he was awful. I mean, the, the Redskins really, there was no Terry McLaurin, to be fair, but the Redskins could be approaching not Dolphin level because I think Dolphins level is really bad, but they could be a team that you're going to be seeing these spreads that are going to be pushing 16, 17. And I agree. I don't really like to get involved in it. Although I'll be honest, this one, piques my interest a little bit I think it's going to rise by the way I think whatever happens I think when this closes it's going to be more like 16 and a half or something like that but we'll have to see but you're saying essentially you like the total at least on an initial glance right because you think essentially that Washington's going to have trouble scoring and I think you're putting it probably on the Patriots let's say to be held under you know 35 or something like that right yeah and you know I would consider the total if I could get it like without it rising substantially and I was, and I knew for sure Haskins was the QB. Can I tell you a secret that I don't think anyone needs to know just yet? But I, I think I think Dwayne Haskins might not be good. No, <laughs> like I think no. after watching preseason and watching that performance last week, like the you know the whispers are starting in my head. Like this guy doesn't look that good. Okay, look everybody. Okay, you have now heard it here first. Okay, from Chris Jamino, you have heard it here. It's possible. That Dwayne Haskins is not good. Okay, so look, don't go spreading it around because it's kind of a secret and he told you that in confidence, but it is possible that it could be true. Yeah, it's really funny the way the season has unfolded with Daniel Jones, you know, looking, uh, he didn't look great in this past game, but looking so much better given all the flack that the Giants got for him. So yes, if Haskins is named the starter, I'll be all over whatever it is in favor of the Patriots. But my guess is he's going to go with Keenum here um, just to protect him since Haskins looked completely, completely unprepared to go up against an NFL team. Before we move on, I do want to tell everyone about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Now, you know about BetMGM already, and in particular, the BetMGM Sports app, because it's the easiest and best way to place a bet if you're in the state of New Jersey. Just search for and download the BetMGM Sports app on your phone or visit BetMGM.com, sign up for an account, and you can place a bet right from your home. And once you sign up for an account, you're going to want to pay attention because BetMGM offers boosted bets and promotions across all major sports. For example, I just mentioned Daniel Jones. Well, there was a Daniel Jones boosted bet last week where the odds on him to throw even a single touchdown pass were dropped significantly such that you could make even money if you placed a bet. Ordinarily, that would have been at like minus 375. They also let you track your bets in real time, and they offer early cashouts where you can settle a bet before the game ends to lock in winnings or cut your losses. And if you sign up right now, you can get a free $500 bet. Here's the deal. When you download the BetMGM Sports app and you sign up using our promo code Harris, that is my last name, Harris, then your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free. If you lose, BetMGM is going to credit you the amount you lost up to $500 for future wagers. So I just want to make that clear. It is a risk-free $500 wager. You're just basically costing yourself money if you don't sign up. So just download the app and use the promo code Harris to claim the promotion. And you can go to betmgm.com for further details. You must be 21 years or older. And although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet. Visit betmgm.com for the full list of terms and conditions. And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Chris, let's move on to our next game here. Cardinals at the Bengals. Now, again, this is something where we have not yet seen the Bengals on Monday night. So this could move depending on a variety of factors. But as of right now, it's the Bengals are laying four and a half points and the over under is at 48 and a half. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think there could be some points scored tonight here in this uh, in this game with the Steelers. 
I don't necessarily think all that's or even most of that's going to come from the Bengals side, but I do think that you know shootouts tend to happen when there's two bad defenses facing offenses that can operate with efficiency, especially if there's a lot of play volume. And these are two new offenses that really want to get a lot of plays off, really want to be more involved in the pass game. Uh, right now, the opponents that the Cardinals and Bengals have faced have not may- maybe exposed the way that they both want to play when they're operating at their most efficient. And I do think that the over has a good chance of hitting here if, in fact, these defenses are as bad as I think they are. Both teams in the bottom 10 of positive play percentage per Sports Info Solutions. Actually, the Cardinals were 11th uh, before yesterday's game. I can't imagine they improved after that performance last week. So I'm expecting the offenses to be more efficient than they've been to start this season. And I would really be looking at the over here in this spot when I look at the way this shakes out. I don't, I don't, I can't say I'm like loving it, but I do like it a little bit. No, I totally agree with you. The, the over, if anything stuck out to me on this one, I think both offenses are going to be able to move the ball. I mean, you know, Murray and the Arizona offense was not good against Seattle. I fully admit that. And Seattle doesn't have a great defense in my opinion. So it it was a little bit of a negative factor, but certainly this is going to be against a Bengals team on a short week. Um, Both offenses. I like what Zach Taylor has done with uh, the Bengals offense and against Arizona, you don't have to have a, a you know world-beating offense to be able to put up a lot of points. And I think in the end, the Cardinals are probably going to come out. They're going to do what they usually do, which is script the first couple of drives for Murray. And I think they're probably going to be able to put up points. So I agree. Early lean here would be over on the 48.5. The, the Bengals laying 4.5, I don't really have a good feel for at this point, even assuming nothing happens. That strikes me as around the right number. I think it's going to basically stay there. I don't think the Sharps will necessarily favor one side or the other. So I think that's probably where we'll end up. Let's move on to the Jaguars at the Panthers. The Panthers here are laying three and a half, and the over-under is at 41. Kyle Allen will start again. Not sure if we're going to see Jalen Ramsey um, on the field. You know, he he missed this one with his back injury, but he's also said he's not sure whether or not he's going to play another game for the Jaguars. So how about here? Panthers at home laying three and a half with an over-under at 41. Yeah, I think if I was going to take a side on the total here, it would probably be on the underdog uh, Jaguars against the Panthers. I actually don't have a lot of respect for what the Panthers are doing so far. I, I think they still need to prove it to me as far as what they can do as a team defensively. Uh, on, on offense, certainly they have, they've got plenty of plenty of capability, but this would be a matchup where you know the Jaguars might have the tools to put a damper on Christian McCaffrey and maybe not allow him to just run completely wild. Uh, you know, certainly you know, uh, watching Joe Flacco move the ball a little bit wasn't that encouraging, and we've seen some negative signs from the Jaguars' defense too, so I'm not saying that there's some end all be all type of a defensive unit here but I you know I don't really love either one of these sides it's a pretty good line but if I was going to lean one way it would be towards the Jaguars because I again I don't have a lot of trust in what the Panthers are doing right now yeah I don't really feel great about the spread I mean I want to look at Gardner Minshew and see how he actually came out because I know he was limping a little bit at the end of that game it strikes me about right for me the total again is where I look a little bit and you mentioned it if you were going one way or the other, you would probably might be looking at the under. That's where I'm looking at it, because I, I really, I like Kyle Allen as, as more of a game manager, but the guy who threw four touchdown passes or whatever against the Cardinals, that's not what he is, okay? He, he's going to be able to keep your team in the game. He's more accurate than Cam Newton was when, uh, you know, he was being bothered by his foot or his shoulder or whatever in the end that it turned out to be, and that's fine, but I don't see this as an explosive offense at all, and the Jaguars still have a relatively strong defense. I know Joe Flacco, as you mentioned, was able to move the ball pretty well, especially at the end. 
Um, and on the other side of the ball, look, the Jaguars, you know, I, Minshew's got a little magic going, um, but the Panthers are tough against the pass. They, they really are. They're able to get to the quarterback a little bit, but they've got strong cornerbacks, especially Bradbury. They're a little vulnerable against the run, and so I think the Jaguars' plan of attack, assuming that Leonard Fournette can carry the load once again, would be to probably control the game on the ground, which leads me to a low-scoring thing. And with the Panthers, I mean, I had the one bet that I kind of nailed and had in really early uh, this past week was the under on uh, on the Panthers game because I, I think that's how they really are going to play these games. They're going to play these tight, low-scoring games and try to win it out with their defense and with managing it. So that's really how I would see that. The total, again, not high. It's only 41, but uh, I think in the end, if I lean one way, it would probably be on the under in this game. Uh, Bucks at Saints would be our next game. Now, this has been bouncing back and forth a little bit. The Saints right now are laying four and a half points at home to the Bucks. It was when I checked last night, four and a half. I checked this morning. It was five and a half. I checked right before we came on, and it's back to four and a half. The over-under is at 48. Both teams are coming off really, really big-time wins. The Saints relying on their defense to beat the Cowboys. The Bucks lighting it up against the Rams, as we talked about earlier. What's your thoughts on this one? Give me the Saints. I do not have faith that what we saw last week uh, from Tampa Bay is something that you can expect with consistency. Jameis Winston has proven to be an inefficient quarterback and someone who doesn't even operate that well when the pocket's clean. So if you know the Saints can do anything close to what they did against Dallas last night defensively, I mean, just you know, I, I I would I would easily 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 shy away from thinking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are anywhere close to as good of a team as what the Saints can be. You know, even without Drew Brees, right? Like we we've, we've seen them come through with a game plan that's you know really tried to slow down these games and really turn it into you know more of a grinded out type of a situation. And I, I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fare well in that scenario at all, especially not on the road. So I'm you know my you know the spread. If I can get three points, I would like that the best. If I can get better than that, even better. But you know otherwise, I'm I'm just not like in love with uh, with Tampa Bay at all. And I would like the Saints. For almost the same exact reasons, I really like the under here, okay? Because I think the way you described it is exactly right. I mean, James Winston's a little Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? I mean, you you do not know how this team is going to come out necessarily. And the Saints, as they showed yesterday, have a really, really strong defense. It's going to be a divisional game, which means they're going to get up for it. And I I don't expect the Bucs to be able to put up a ton of points in this game for basically exactly the reasons that you said. At the same time, I don't think these Saints are built to do that either. I mean, Bridgewater is basically out there to manage the games, to rely on the defense and to win kind of close, close, you know, hard fought in the trenches type of game. So in the end, I also favor the Saints. I'm not sure I love it at four and a half. It's if you can get it closer, I think I would lean that way too. I do think the Saints are going to win. But the total for me, because of that, because I think they're going to rely so much on their defense at 48, I like the under there um, for basically the reasons that you described. Let's move on to Jets at Eagles. The Eagles are currently laying 14. It was at 13 and a half, so it's moved a tiny bit since I checked early this morning. And the over-under is at 44 and a half. Now, this sounds like Sam Darnold is probably not going to play in this game. He's progressing in the right direction. I think he's practicing either with no contact or something, but it looks a little bit more likely that he's going to be out this week. Um, So how do you feel right now at Eagles laying 14 and the over-under at 44 and a half? Well, I certainly don't like the Jets if Luke Falk's going to be involved here. I do, you know, I think the line is probably about fair if that's the case. And that, so it looks like a Luke Falk line right now, but even so, like, I'm not like, I'm not interested in taking the Jets here and I'm not interested in taking 
a team laying two touchdowns either. So I'm pretty much off this spread right now as it stands. I think the under would be the more interesting side here if you think the Jets defense is is fairly you know fairly capable of uh, of, of limiting what the Eagles can do on offense. I'm, I'm not 100% sure of that, so I don't really love either side of this. It would be it would be the under if I had to take one gun to my head, but I just don't I just don't really like this spot at all. I'm not really confident in who the Eagles are just yet as an offensive team. You know, are they a team that can you know, light up a good defense for a bunch of points to the point where an over would hit. I'm not really confident of that at the moment. So that's where I would say the under is my favorite part of this game. Yeah, uh, I basically agree with everything that you've laid out. I do think that if Darnold were to play, although given the fact that he's not really where he needs to be, maybe I wouldn't. But I was thinking if Darnold was totally cleared and he had a full week of practice and ready to go, I might like the Jets in the spot because I, I do think that the Jets have a capable offense once you put Darnold under center and their defense cj mosley has had an extra week to rest so they're they're gonna and quinn and williams will be back as well so the defense is going to be you know much stronger than it looked the past couple of games but if luke falk is out there all bets are off i mean you know you you don't want to take a team laying 14 points but there's no way as basically you aptly put it there's just no way you can back luke falk no matter basically what he's getting the total i agree seems like the under would probably be the spot to go if you had to pick a choice because I think Falk has such trouble moving the ball and you don't expect the Eagles to, you know, be able to put up 30 or or anything like that. But as a general feeling on this one, given that Darnold is probably out, it's a stay away game for both of us. So I'm glad we're in agreement on that one. Bears at Raiders technically, but they are in London. So it's more like a neutral field. The Bears here are laying four and a half. The over under is at 40. Now this sounds like Mitchell Trubisky is almost certainly going to be out this week, I'm not sure if that's necessarily a downgrade to Chase Daniel. Uh, he he looked pretty competent in their win over the Vikings. The Raiders are coming off an uber impressive win over the Colts. So in London, Bears laying four and a half over under at 40. How do you feel? <laughs> Man, I, I was my favorite bet of the week last week was the Raiders plus seven. I ended up making a bunch of money on that. Of course, lost a bunch of other bets, but you know, the, at the end of the day, the Raiders take was a great take, and I really just felt like that was more because of what the Colts defense wasn't going to do in that game. I cannot say the same thing for the Bears defense in this spot. Uh, I, if Trubisky was there, I do think, unfortunately, that he is a slight upgrade at the quarterback position versus what you've got in Chase Daniel. I know, I, re- I realize Chase Daniel played well last week, but I've just seen a much larger sample size of him. Uh, completely being inept on offense and you know it's it's overseas so I don't really know what to expect from that point of view but at the end of the day when it's all said and done I do not think the Raiders are going to be able to score in this spot and that's where I think I might lean towards the under 42 if you can get 42 that'd be great I think it looks like you have 40 right now I don't think I would be as excited at that number but um I definitely don't think the Raiders are going to score, so it's either the Bears if you think they can clear that minus four and a half or the under, but I'm I'm certainly not wanting anything to do with the Raiders here in this spot. Yeah, I'm not scared off of the 40. I mean, I get it. I, I wish it wasn't dropping like it was, but right now at 40, I still lean towards the Bears. I, I completely agree, especially, especially with the Raiders coming off such a big win. I believe they're coming off two road games, if I'm not mistaken. So this counts as their home game um, in London. And it's not a home game. They're basically another road game. And it's technically going to, I don't even know what the time zone technically, I guess is going to be. So I'm not even going to say that. But they're, they're certainly not going to be on their usual schedule. I think it's going to be a really, really difficult 
thing to get up for this game after their giant win. It can see a huge letdown. When you saw what the Bears defense was able to do to that Vikings offense, I get it. The Vikings have trouble passing the ball, but even just to totally stifle Dalvin Cook, I I agree. I do not see the Raiders being able to put up many points. And with Chase Daniel, I don't necessarily see the Bears being able to put up a lot of points. So I still like the over-under at 40. I'm totally with you. It was at even 41. I feel like that was a a much better number. But at 40, I still lean that way. And with the spread, 4.5, if I had to go one way or another— I'd lean the Bears, but again, not not overly confident in it. But you and I are viewing this game the exact same way. We do not expect yeah. much of a showing. Yeah, the, the under is definitely the sharper side. I mean, yeah. not not you talked me into it. The under. Let's do. Let's yeah. go under forty. All right, under forty. Let's hope it doesn't drop uh, further than that. But uh, if not, yeah, I'm I'm totally good with it. I can't see the Raiders really putting up much of anything. Now, before we finish up with our last few games, I do want to remind everyone about our September contest where we're giving away a signed Alvin Kamara helmet. Now, although this is our September contest, we're actually extending this one a couple of weeks so you can go ahead and get your reviews in now. To be entered, all you need to do is leave a review for the show on iTunes or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. It takes two seconds to do, and you are automatically entered into this and all future contests. So go for it. All right, let's move on here to Vikings at Giants. The Vikings here are currently laying five and a half with the over-under at 45 and a half. How do you feel about that? Well, if the Giants are beating teams like the Redskins and the Buccaneers, color me fully unimpressed. And color me unimpressed by the idea that the Vikings couldn't pass on the bears right because they weren't able to protect their quarterback and otherwise i feel like the passing offense has upside comparatively and that's where the giants absolutely stink they've got roasted by a number of teams in the passing games to start this season and not to mention the fact that dalvin cook is a beast one of the best in the league i don't think the giants are going to be able to slow him down either if we're we're talking about a line of five and a half that's basically and you might as well be a touchdown. Uh, I'm I'm still thinking the Vikings can clear that. So I I actually like the Vikings minus five and a half. I think that they're going to crush. My early lean is this is my favorite bet on the slate. Um, for sure. Uh, I I think this is going to. <laughs> I think I I feel bad for the Giants here. I I think the Vikings are going to be mad. I think they are going to come out and they are going to pound Daniel Jones, who, again, you know, the the shine is off a little bit. He did not look great at all against the Redskins. You know, I know they were able to move the ball with Wayne Gallman, but he really, you know, he was not quite that impressive. You've got an angry Vikings team. I think they're going to put up a huge defensive performance. I think Cook is going to be able to do whatever he wants. I think they are going to use this game as a get-right game for the passing game. You've already got Adam Thielen basically calling out the coaching staff saying we need to throw the ball more. It's going to be a little bit of a squeaky wheel type game. So my early lean on this is, oh, I, I'm all over the Vikings. At I, It was at five. I got in on it when it was five. It's at five and a half now. That's fine. I, I'd, I'd do it up to a touchdown at this point. And, and frankly, if it got to a touchdown, I don't even know. But again, this is one that makes me a little nervous just because you just look at the line, right? Your first instinct. And it's we have the exact same instinct, right? So chance, uh, we're both well-informed guys. But chances are the John Q. Public is going to look at that line. And they're also going to want the Vikings. So it, it's it's a little surprising to me when I see a line that looks like it's going to entice the public to go one way, you know, because that suggests that that's what they want. But in the end, Vikings laying five and a half is something that I feel uber comfortable with at the moment. This line will go up and you just bet it now, because if you don't, then you're not going to get the number that you want here. You know, if you can get the little bit of extra value right now, I agree with you that like, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of hesitation because the line looks 
so soft, but maybe that's just true. Maybe just pound it because it's soft. Yeah, and again, being on the public side, which I'm sure this is going to be, it's not always a bad thing. I mean, I remember the Rams against the Browns on Monday Night Football, which I saw the line at three, and I was all over it. I mean, right from the get-go. And I knew it was going to be overwhelmingly public, but I couldn't get away from it because it didn't really matter because that line just seemed way too small given what it was and it was in the end although it obviously could have been much closer at the end if the play calling had been a little different but it's it's not you don't have to run away from public bets it just makes you a little nervous but this one i think you and i are both on the same side where we're like i don't really care what the public's doing because we're all good with it at the current spread let's move on to the broncos at the chargers the chargers here are currently laying six and a half and the over-under is at 43.5. That struck me, both of those numbers, as about right. I know Bradley Chubb now is is out for the season, so that takes a little bit of the shine off the Broncos' defense. But how do you feel about that? Broncos at the Chargers, Chargers laying 6.5, over-under at 43.5. I don't really feel comfortable betting the Chargers, you know, giving that many points right now. I mean, I I have trouble betting the Broncos, too, but, like, I, the Chargers just seem every single year to show up and keep things closer than they should be. You know, give away spots that they shouldn't give away. I, like, I'm almost surprised they covered against the Dolphins last week because, you know, the way that game started, it looked like it was going to be yet another Chargers situation where they underwhelmed in a spot they're supposed to come come in and do something. Now, that being said, they are in a quote-unquote home game against the team that's 0-4 and giving up last-second touchdown drives to a rookie. So when when I add in all the factors together, as, as little confidence as I have in the Chargers, it would be towards the side of them controlling this game and really having their way against the Broncos more so than not, but I'm not really in love with it. I've got no feel for this game because what you said about the Chargers is exactly right. So I first kind of look at this game and I'm like, you know what? This is a spot where the Chargers just lay an egg because this is what they do every single year. And the problem is, look, I like the Broncos this week laying three to the Jags. And, you know, in the end, they just kind of threw up all over themselves. And I don't really have confidence in their ability to go up there and win this game or even necessarily keep it close I think this is kind of a backbreaking loss for them in kind of what was their quote-unquote last-ditch effort to save their season even though they weren't going to go anywhere but now they're 0-4 so in the end I I basically have reasons on both sides of the ball to not like this line at all like to not go one way or the other so it is a game for me again seems about right where the numbers are and it's something where I don't really have a lean one way or another because I don't trust either team So I think you and I will both just stay away from it and we'll both uh, live to fight another day. Let's move on to the Packers at the Cowboys. A really interesting game here. The Cowboys here are laying three and a half. Now it was four and a half when I checked on Sunday night before that Cowboys game wrapped up. I don't know whether or not there was money that came in or whether or not the books moved generally because of how the Cowboys looked in that game. But again, Packers at Cowboys. Cowboys are laying three and a half and the over under is at 47 and a half. How do you feel there? I'm a little scared of both sides of this bet because... I would generally like to favor the Cowboys at home. I would generally like to favor the under looking at how these two defenses have performed. But then, you know, um, I'd be taking the under against two efficient quarterbacks. And that's not really how I want to live my life. So I won't live it that way. And I probably won't make that bet. So I'm I'm wishy-washy here. I don't have a strong position. I'm supposed to have a position on this, but... You know, under 47 and a half, I mean, I could easily see situations where that goes over. Both these guys can completely come out firing, you know, deep touchdowns, accurate passes to great receivers. There's no real way for me to fall in love with the total side of this game. And then, of course, the the spread. I mean, we're talking about two, three and one teams. 
I think it's a coin flip, and I, this is a this is like the exact kind of bet that I just don't want anything to do with. Yeah, first of all, you said you know you should have a position or something like that. You don't have to have a position, man. I mean, part of the time we look at stuff, and we that's exactly where it is. We don't like either side because the number is about where it needs to be. And I agree with you. I think on the total, I lean a little bit towards the under here, and the reason is really. Look, both these teams have have pretty solid defenses. The Packers, in particular, have a really, really good pass defense, but they get gashed by the run. So I think you're going to see a lot of Ezekiel Elliott here. And when you do that, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a control-the-clock type of game. I think they're going to lean on the run pretty heavily. I don't see Rodgers being able to do a crazy amount here. So if I leaned anywhere, I kind of little bit leaning towards the under not overwhelmingly it's not one of my favorite bets or anything like that even at this point um but with the spread in particular i don't i don't feel it man i i don't have a good sense of what the packers are doing i mean they come out and they always look great on offense and then they just don't score at all in the second half so there wouldn't be a time where i would feel really comfortable with them at the same time they basically have a mini buy here because of the fact that they played the thursday night game and the cowboys have a little bit of a short week because they played on sunday night so in the end, it, it's something where if I if I had to choose a side, I think I would lean towards the Packers because I see this being as a really close game. So as long as that spread stays above the key number of three, I'd probably lean there and I'd probably lean a little bit towards the under 47 and a half, but not overwhelmingly so. Let's move on to the Colts at the Chiefs here. The Chiefs now are laying 10 and a half. It was nine and a half when I first checked and the over under at a pretty hefty 57. You've got injuries on the Colts side of the ball. You've got T.Y. Hilton may or may not be able to suit up with that quad injury. You still got Mack, who had a little bit banged up his ankle, was in and out of that game yesterday. It's unclear if Darius Leonard is going to be able to play. So how do you feel here? Chiefs at home in primetime Sunday night, 10 and a half over under a 57. Boy, I like that under a little bit. If the Colts are going to be missing Hilton again, those those receivers just weren't able to get the job done against the Raiders, no less. You know, like Deion Kane, five targets, no catches, I think was the number I saw. I don't know if he ended up getting one late in that game, but uh, man, it just, it just looks bad out there for the wide receivers on the Colts. And, you know, you're not, you can't be expected for Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle to completely, completely, you know, shred any kind of a defense, let alone the Chiefs, uh, who are going to probably be playing with the lead. So they'll be able to pin their ears back a little bit. I mean, the, the Colts offensive line is very good. So they have that working in their favor, but I, I just, you know, I can't see the Chiefs getting, enough points to get over this total. I mean, I, 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 the Colts, when they're operating efficiently on defense, they're a little bit tougher to get big plays on. Uh, saying that Patrick Mahomes can't get a big play on a team is like writing your own death certificate as far as a bet's concerned. But if, if you ask me to take a side here on a Monday, which I am want to do right now, I'm taking the under because I think that's just a little bit too high for what the Colts can do on offense. Yeah, I don't know. I, I The number's so high. I just don't have a feel for it. I, I get exactly what you're saying. The Chiefs, at home in prime time, I think are going to put up a ton of points here. And whether or not, you know, the sort of like they did in this past game uh, against the Raiders, whether or not the Colts can put up, you know, points in garbage time would make me a little iffy on the total. This is just not a game I want to go near. If if anything, I would lean towards the under because I do think that there's value in that number, but it would scare the bejeebus out of me because I just could see this sort of being a game where you're like, hey, it's looking good here. We're looking fine. And then just everybody going crazy. Um, And the 10 and a half, 
I don't know. I, I really don't. I mean, with the injuries, I, I don't know if Hilton's going to be back, but it doesn't seem like that. And they're really, again, you, you talked about it, that the problem is that they don't even have capable number twos or number threes who can kind of step in. It's mostly the tight ends, and Eric Ebron is showing that he was who we thought he was um, with the drops. He did score a touchdown yesterday, but still not enough to make me excited about them. So this is a game where I don't have a great feel for, but if I did go anywhere, it would probably be the under, but I do, I, I don't feel, I know, and I know you're not coming on strong on it, but I, I don't even lean in it as, as much as you do. I just feel like this is a game where as of right now, I really, really don't want to go near for me. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I lean the under here, but like, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, if you're, I couldn't even completely rule out the idea of them getting to 57 on their own. I, I, that's not even a joke that's exactly no. right i mean it, that i mean of course it's completely complete outlier situation but you know the the bottom line is that if you're making under bets against patrick mahomes uh, especially if you know all, all things being equal the colts offense if it's operating the way it's supposed to operate with, even with Brissett, can put up some points and the chief defense is nothing to to be scared of so you know it's it, this is definitely not one of my favorite spots all right, so you're what you're basically saying is you're betting your mortgage on the under. Absolutely not. Got it. I mean, there's no way. Everybody heard gonna... it. Everybody heard it. Don't worry about it. He's got it. Mortgage on the under. He's all in. Okay, great. Let's move on to our last game, the Monday Night Football game. Browns at the 49ers. 49ers here are currently laying three and a half, and the over-under is at 48 and a half. A really nice bounce-back game here for the Browns to beat the Ravens. Um, they looked pretty good. They still have injuries in their secondary. Jarvis Landry is in the concussion protocol, but the 49ers are coming off a bye here and are at home. So 49ers laying three and a half over under at 48 and a half. How do you feel? Uh, we haven't seen the 49ers in some time, and suddenly we think that they're some kind of a fantastic uh, team. I know they've played well to start this season, but I think the Browns underplayed uh, their potential in the first couple of weeks here. We saw what they're capable of doing last week. I'm not saying they're going to go roll up 40 on the 49ers here in this spot, but give me the Browns plus three and a half. I think that they are probably close to as good as we thought they were. They just had a couple of bad games. Yeah, I mean, I, it's I, I don't really disagree with that. When it was at three when I first checked, I didn't like it as much when it got past the key number. Yeah, I lean Browns. I, I don't feel great about it. And, you know, teams coming off buys always give me, uh, you know, make me a little scared because they, you know, especially with a guy like Shanahan who can have plenty of time to dream up creative plays and stuff like that. And their defense, you know, the thing is, I don't know if I'm ready to make any conclusions about the 49ers defense because they've looked strong, but I I really don't know if they actually are strong. So this could be something where the Browns have gotten right now with this game because they're obviously much more talented and should be better than they had looked prior to this past week so this could be a game where they're going but uh, you know monday night cross country i'm a little iffy on it but as of right now i agree that as long as we're past the key number of three we're three and a half i do lean as well towards the Browns. so i like that we're in agreement there well that is going to do it for today's show chris it was great having you on please remind everyone where they can find more of you and your work yeah you're going to want to check us out if you're playing dfs over at rotogrinders.com all the tools that you're going to need to set competitive and potentially weak winning lineups. I think we've had a couple of guys get to the tippy top of the leaderboards already this season. We'd like you to come and join them. Of course, if you want to play some prop bets, we've got some tools on Roto Grinders to do that based on our player projections. And of course, if you are into uh, betting the way that I suspect you are, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to check us out on the Sharp Side app uh, as part of the Better Collective Network. I think you can get some good information 
and and participate in our gamification of uh, you know of being a betting leader amongst your peers. We were trying to turn it into the betting community over there. So go ahead and check us out on SharpSide. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, and I hope we can do it again during the season. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Remember to download the BetMGM Sports app and use the promo code HARRIS to get your risk-free first wager of up to $500. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com for your chance to win a signed Alvin Kamara helmet. We'll be back later this week giving some of our best bets for Week 5. I'll talk to you then. 